The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. It's Thursday night, and to a lot of people, that might mean one thing. And guess what? It means the same thing to me in that it is time for Wait, Did I Roll a Wild? Your Marvel Crisis Protocol Plavlog. This week, we're going to be talking about a handful of very awesome, super dope things that a lot of you might be interacting with here in just the next few days. Very specifically, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And that's LVO. We are, I am joined this week by not only Dan, but Tyson, who does Hello. a lot of incredible things uh, at LVO and honestly for the qualifiers all year long. Tyson, <laughs> hello. How are you? And how have you been? Good. I'm doing well. I, I've been stuck in the uh, the Diablo vortex. It sounds like everyone else. So, but <laughs> very much <laughs> so. nice to merge out and talk to you guys for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing too. Sometimes you just got to town portal out and you you, you interact <laughs> with humanity for a little bit, and then you get Human right back to slaying right back to slaying. I was going to say slaying dungeons, but slaying <laughs> slaying the whole dungeon. I mean, kind of the whole yeah. deal. There's some of them that collapse in on themselves and all sorts of other stuff. Oh, so, cool. I, I I do think dungeons get decimated a little bit yes <laughs> yes they do cool bit. but <laughs> so we're going to be talking about games we've played this past week dan and i got to play some shatterpoint earlier this week uh, i even hobbied a little bit this what? week that's right and wow. by that i mean i watched Lindsay uh prime uh my range tools for shatterpoint there's always a catch there i mean <laughs> there is uh, i watched i i do actually have a follow-up to that what that i think it's true technically counts <laughs> Hey, Otis. Hey, Keebler. Um, that I think technically counts as hobbying or at least pre-hobbying that, that we'll get into in a little bit. Is it like listening to an audiobook counts as reading? Yes. Actually, it's very specifically within that exact vein. All right. I can accept it then. All right. So I'm going to just kind of mark that down right away <laughs> that I, in fact, hobby this week before we actually get into what that was. Um, but Tyson, have you played any games of MCP or anything else this week outside of the Diablos? Uh, yeah, well, not this week. I, last was it last weekend? I actually went to a tournament, which is first oh, nice, time in nice. forever. I did amazing. I went one and three. Hey, um, that one is a big deal. That's, that's where I'm at in my current league. So. Exactly. <laughs> I never... usually get that one from the bye. Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, I went. I went one and three, and then I wanted to hang out with some friends for the last round. So, um, yep. but it was fun. It was at the um, nor the Bay Area Open. So when they had to work oh, yeah. there, yeah. or, or sorry, um, MCP up there. So that's um, and this was the was, first year that MCP was at BAO, right? Yes. Yes, it was. So, so how was that event as a whole? Uh, we had like 20 people or so. Uh, it was just Saturday was the, um, the LVO qualifier. Uh, and then and actually 
they could have had more, but we were space capped. You know, mm. it was basically all 40K yeah. and they fill in a little bit of space that they can with, um, you know, the other events. So it was awesome. I uh, got to see a bunch of people. It was nice being a player and not a, a TO for once. So. I, I wish I knew what that was like. I'll get there one day. Um, someday. Someday. But, uh, yeah. well, that's awesome because I know that, uh, and actually I completely forgot to do this, but just so everyone knows, this podcast and this network is in fact sponsored by Frontline Gaming. So if you're looking for Matt's terrain or event tickets, so very specifically this Saturday when uh, tickets go live for LVO 2024, make sure to use our link. It's in the show notes. It's in the description. It's in all those good places. Pew. Boom, right there. Thank you, Dan. Got it. Uh, to show that in chat. And that helps uh, support us very directly. So we really appreciate that. It costs you nothing. And uh, you can, uh, you know, help uh, help having more streaming from more uh, frontline gaming events, which is Doper Magoda. Yes. Yes. Um, but I, I know that uh, MCP got added somewhat last minute to BAO. So this was the first year that MCP was there, correct? Yes. Yeah, it was the first year MCP was there. Originally, it was, oh gosh, what was it? Brian or Mark? Well, I'm forgetting his name. Um, I met him when he was up there. Uh, he was a local that's running this stuff and they kind of cobbled together 16 tables of stuff. And then once I found out about it, uh, I asked like, hey, I want, I want to come, but like all your tickets are sold out. If I bring some stuff, can we add more? And we're like, sure. Nice. So, nice. yeah. So we grabbed some more people and then we filled up to what we could. And it was a grand old time. So the venue was nice. It's at the uh, hotel that's near um, where KubelCon is. So it's, you know, like a 10 minute walk or something like that. And they're on oh, a little dope. parking lot. Yeah. And so it's, you know, full on ballroom. And then downstairs, they had the traditional. Um, bar and uh, hotel food restaurant stuff so it's super convenient uh, and it was really nice well I and really you gotta like, see lots of cool stuff I really like that it was kind of entered in so late into the cycle for BAO but that it was still space cap or like you filled all the tables like that's awesome that, yeah I mean yeah. to me that says MCP is in a great place even last minute being able to fit in a bunch of people and get a bunch of people around is is awesome it's awesome, yes. awesome. like the community in a nutshell, too, where you were like, hey, I want to play and allow more people to play. Let me bring stuff to support the community. And that's just so MCP to me. That's awesome. Yes, exactly. Yeah. People bring the, you know, bring their terrain. Everyone's bringing their little creative terrain and, you know, putting it out on the tables and stuff like that. It was great. So what did you end up running at uh, Bay Area Open? Uh, I've been running the same um, Brotherhood uh, Cabal list that I've had for a while. And I think it was one that... Um, I cribbed off a of DeLuca a while ago. And yeah. so it's um, what Mags Mystique. Um, uh, why am I forgetting uh, Big Kitty's name? Oh, uh, Malika. 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 There as we go. As soon as you said space down it too, I also was like, oh, yeah. uh, uh, I would have uh, known if you didn't ask me. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drugs, uh, Rhino, just switched in Red Skull th- to. Um, pyro oh nice and i'm sure i'm missing someone else uh but i end up playing a lot of the time so it's a lot a lot of mystique and then a lot of malketh as well and then occasionally magneto hits the table um but that's more for just fun and kind of some up the middle games but for high points so in chat i must have missed this when he first said it but keebler said must be awkward around kublacon with all the horse raids and fires (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just, uh, I love his sense of humor a lot. That's really cool. uh, and then we also have two brotherhood players in chats being, or in chat being like, ah, oh, brotherhood players are the worst. And the other brotherhood player being like, yeah, all right. But I mean, at least I've been playing brotherhood for like a year and a, like a while before it was super popular, but I've just never been good. So at least I don't have to feel to myself that I'm just jumping on the bandwagon of, Hey, they're the hot shit right now. But right. I do, I do, I do have, it's a meta list. Like it's, it's all mean, just, I'm not a very good player. So at least I know what it does. I've been running um, a list recently that I've actually really been enjoying. I haven't been doing super well with it, but it's a crime syndicate with a uh, versatile strategy kind of as the, as the main linchpin with Kingpin mm-hmm. and uh, new Modoc, who I adore new Modoc so much. Um, but using that Kingpin uh, affiliation for the first round or two, and then as people get injured, switching to the Modoc one, um, mm-hmm. I, I've really been enjoying it quite a lot. I'm one and three okay. with it. Hey, but, you got that one. But, uh, they're always <laughs> <Yeah>. close games. <laughs> so yeah, we've we've got a local here that's playing. I think he's he went to semifinals in TTS, and then I think he's undefeated so far in this TTS season. Oh, nice. Uh, but his main is like Malkith, Modok, and then go from there. And so he's <laughs> yeah. he's yeah he's rocking a lot of the big boys. It's pretty scary. Um, and how about hobbying? Did you paint anything or assemble anything this past week? Um, so recently I just hit 100% for MCP painted. Nice. So nice. Of, of everything. I still haven't okay. picked up the Gwenpool Squirrel Girl box, but that's waiting for me. Um, and I just finished a like this 3D print, um, like pirateer cannon S. She's like holding a kind of a cannon with underslung cannonballs and like a minigun kind of, you know, with two hands, like holding yeah. it like a minigun. Awesome. And so I'm painting it up for a sample. So I'm running a painting class at oh. my local game store this Saturday. And so that's the sample for it. And then I'll, you know, put up and I'll make a whole bunch of other figures of the same thing and they show up primed. And then we go through like a painting class and this is how you do, you know, this is how you paint, this is how you do this. And they'll usually have specific topics and stuff like that. So that's what I painted this week. Nice. Dan, how about you? Uh, I've done a fair bit of hobbying since Shatterpoint came out. I was going to say, I know you've been a lot of, busy. Yeah, I've been a lot of building, obviously. I did pick up the, the Obi-Wan expansion yesterday and got that all built. Yeah, uh, well, he's really good. I like him a lot. Yeah. And I just, I want to uh, have at least, probably end up having all of it, but at least all the Republic stuff and clones and, and Jedi, because um, yeah. I love Jedi in general. Um, and I got uh, Padawan Ahsoka uh like table ready uh, i want to put a bit more time and effort into her just because ahsoka is my favorite star wars character so i want both versions to be like as good at, yeah. at the standard i want them to be not just oh, let's get them base coated and some you know some shades and maybe a little bit of highlights for stream because you can't they're not that detailed on stream anyway um yeah. but i was pretty happy with where padawan ahsoka is right now and I need to get back to 100% caught up for MCP. I've been been slacking. I mean, we've we've had a lot going on uh, with Shatterpoint. Yeah. You guys are busy. <laughs> so I get that. I love how Keebler in chat says, I found the best way to ensure your MCP models are all painted <laughs> is to just sell the unpainted ones. <laughs> that is that is one way to do it. Um, And yes, Static, that is a giant inflatable Raze energy can. Uh, we don't. We don't uh, promote them as much as we should, but uh, if you use code professional casual at checkout at repsports.com, uh, honestly, 
uh, their stuff tastes great. It's energy drinks and protein and and um. I legitimately had one today before working out. Right, that, that's the really can good. Of, can of blue, whatever blue rash. Blue shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I think you get fifteen percent off with that code. Uh, mm. They have a product too called Hypersleep that literally is the only thing that can put me down. So like, <laughs> I really like it quite that's a bit. Full of horse tranquilizers. It, yeah, it probably is. <laughs> they, they get you coming and going. They get the stims in and then they Correct. get the, the sleepy time in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a yeah. It's like Dayquil and Dayquil in the same company it's super dope but (laughs) my favorite thing about them right now is that you gave me some samples yeah but forgot to like label them before you gave them to me and they're like un they don't say exactly what they are yeah so i'm like one is like a hydrate (laughs) one and one is a go to sleep one and i've been scared to try i don't know when to try it out because like if i have it at the wrong time i might be real sleepy at the wrong time you know Mm -hmm. you (laughs) you gotta yeah you gotta try like 3 p.m so either you'll be good you know into the late (laughs) evening or you go to bed about six luckily the summer's coming up so it's like i I could do that and it won't be a big deal because i won't be at work um they have energy tea not energy teas necessarily but like a lower caffeinated like monster rehab coming out soon i'm in the insiders group for them so like they send me a bunch of like free samples and stuff and uh yeah, they have like, it's like a peach tea, a sweet tea, and an iced tea Ooh. that are like, they're only like 80 milligrams of caffeine, but it has like a bunch of B vitamins and stuff. So you can have it later in the day, which is kind of nice. That, um, that's a nice amount though. So you're not like but, <laughs> vibrating. But they do only yeah. label the uh, the promo or the the like trial, whatever uh, packages with lot numbers. So you have to like go to the sheet to like look at. Which one? Because they're not fully branded yet, and they're not oh, fully like yeah, just okay. mystery packages. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, so I'm pretty certain this packet is energy, but like I lost the sheet that tells me what it is, so I'll just Going give one of memory. each to Dan, and hopefully he'll figure it out and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, I'm glad I'm your guinea pig. <laughs> I mean, it's all it all tastes good, right? True. It's just you know sometimes you'll be flying through a wall at 11 p.m. and other times you'll be asleep at 8 a.m. So oh, that would be real bad. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, but yeah, thanks to to raise energy, <laughs> and I'm sorry that I forget to talk about you as much as I do. Um, but as far as hobby stuff this week, I watched Taylor's Assembly B1 video. I did too. Uh, that's over on the YouTube. So uh, in the Shatterpoint groups, and I know we're talking a lot about Shatterpoint, but I promise it won't be going on much longer. Um, <laughs> Shatterpoint's awesome. It really it's the flavor. is. It's super it is cool. the flavor of the month. Well, and, not flavor. Not that it's bad, but you know what I mean. Oh, the hot stuff. It's, it is the hot stuff for sure. Um, and then and it's going to be kind of a, have you seen those memes about like uh, the current games that are out there where it's like Jedi Survivor and what's the other one that just came out? Uh, Tears of the Kingdom? No, before Tears of the Kingdom. There was something else everyone was playing before that because oh, then tears, tears of the kingdom like kicks open the oh door yeah 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 thought or whatever i didn't um, see that one it was a good oh, one. jedi survivor yes jedi survivor and what did i say before that i don't i might that's have, what you said i don't remember what else yeah anyway name, but good podcasting is talking about memes you can't remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're old men you're just trying to describe a meme you know what this meme i saw <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't feel it was that long ago, just for a couple of years, where that was most of my conversations. Like, I saw this TikTok that X, Y, or Z, or you don't understand. I was on Imager, and I'm like trying to explain the meta of a meme to people that had no idea what it was. But, but yeah, uh, but I watched that B1 video because a lot of people in the groups have been having issues getting the B1s assembled. And Taylor was like, "All right, I know how to do this." So he went and he made a video, and it was actually pretty dope. There was a lot of things in there that I was completely unaware of as far as like actual techniques and stuff. Using tack 
to hold things together, like pre-assembly. Mm-hmm. I had always like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll tack things to the top of a medicine bottle to paint it. But as far as like holding things in place, so they're actually like standing in the right way. And especially those little yeah. fiddly bits in the, in the bots. It's like, oh, that's a, it's a great call. Right. I never knew that. My, my technique is usually just have drop it or have a piece fall off and just yell at it until I'm done. <laughs> I mean, that's why I quit hobbying was because I have big, fat, stupid hands. And whenever I try to assemble something and I tried to assemble so many Tyranids, I would smash stuff or I would shoot a gore grunta like ear, ear off into the corner. Still and never in the store somewhere. And it would just it would make me so frustrated each time. And I I was I'm a latecomer to plastic glue as well. So I was using uh, and actually you and Taylor both yelled at me about it. The uh, gel Loctite. Uh, yeah i don't like the no. gel stuff yeah so i that's the only thing that i've been using because i didn't know any better i and mean that, your, your ignorance it, it we all have gone through it right but that's the thing i quit because i was so frustrated <laughs> that stuff worked so now i'm like okay maybe i'll come back into it and watching taylor's video and seeing some other hobbying stuff i'm like all right maybe i can come around back into this but the only time i've had any success with a gel glue was when i was building the glacier king for trolls in hordes and it was plastic and metal and where it would fit the there were huge gaps yeah so the the gel glue worked really well as a gap filler so like once i got it to stay enough i'd just pour a bunch of that gel in there and then it filled the gap i mean so so good the news is is i have a bunch of it still so like i can still use it as a as a gap filler but uh and this is one thing that i saw in the comments a lot around taylor's video and Tyson, this is a question for you. Are you plastic glue people or super glue people or a combo of both? Uh, combo of both. Well, it depends on the material you're using. Mm-hmm. So metal miniatures, resin miniatures, you need super glue. I like the medium um, viscosity super glue. I go through a lot of it and then I use an accelerant okay. um, mm. to, you know, so they, they you know, they branded like zip kicker or there's some other accelerants i just buy a big bottle of it so you can get it in there you score the pieces you put your medium thick i don't like the gels as much because they have a lot of um i know it's not specifically a trypsotropic agent in it but you know the thickener that makes it gel it's not going to bond as well so the semi-thick ones um and i have a star industries one and then there's bsi uh, which actually is like 30 minutes for me is oh, that's uh, awesome. the BSI the BSI factory. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> and anyways, uh, but so those work really well, especially on something that's cleaned and scored. And then you can use accelerant on it. I've never had anything break and it's rock hard uh, for any plastic models. You want to use uh, be using plastic glue. I like the um, testers used to make it. It was a black bottle with a um, long needle and they don't make it anymore. And so Ravel makes it. And then there's another, um, uh, what's the Tamaya makes mm-hmm. like a brush on yeah. white, you know, like thin water, um, solvent, uh, plastic glue. And that's what you should be using for all these kits. Uh, it bonds almost instantly with, especially the small stuff. And then you just let it sit there for 20 minutes and then it'll hard it. Uh, so you can stick like tiny little parts on stuff and your fingers won't stick to it because it's not super glue. And they have these little tiny needle applicators that you can get the smallest, tiny little, little drop right there. Um, or um, use the brush applicator that uh, the other one has. So that's my preferred ways of gluing stuff. Nice. I just used the Tamiya with the brush last night. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. For the first that's time. That's good. Another local guy who had it at the store. I was building stuff at the store, 
and I uh, to change the head on Bo-Katan. I just couldn't get it to set. Oh yeah, with the super glue. And he was like, "I got plastic glue right here." And I was like, "Yeah, great. That's the perfect place to do it." Hell yeah! And uh, it was I just went boop, and it was it was good to go. Um, speaking yeah, of, no. oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, and plastic glue is always much better to use in super glue than plastic bottles because that's what it's made for. And it makes a, you know, it melts it and dissolves it and then evaporates out. So you actually have just a melted plastic bond instead of super glue adhering two different surfaces to the super glue intermediate and hoping that holds. Hmm. So the only thing I'll say, actually, I have two things here. So first, as far as having a factory close to you, um, <clears throat> we're actually, we have a friend that works there as well. Uh, we're about half an hour from Golden Paints. And apparently they are also going to be doing some of the Turbo Dork stuff. Yeah. Or making the paint that then Turbo Dork will add their like pigment and stuff to, which I thought just thought was super dope. Um, nice. But as far as my like, I have one huge shout out to Super Glue, especially the Loctite oh. gel. <laughs> and so good. on Memorial Day, uh, when we came back from Ironweld, I left my Sentinel Prime in Dan's cup holder. Yep. Which... History has shown that Not a when, when I mean, that sounds risky just to start with. <laughs> so and specifically for me, because I have uh, Chuck used to uh, do a bunch of my painting and he always did such a phenomenal job. And it was not once and probably not even twice, but probably three times where he would come to record an episode of Elite Eight Showdown. He would give me the model he had done for me. I'd put it in my cup holder. I would forget to bring it in. And then the oh. next morning I would come in and I'd slam my coffee cup into my cup holder and I just, just demolished an oh. Electra. I demolished a Storm and a Hand Ninjas. And the thing is, is that it was consecutive weeks for Electra and the Hand Ninjas, which is just... <laughs> you just got to learn. Right. And he did so much custom work with it, too, where he took the heads off and he had a... I had a he, he did it as... um. Ermac, Reptile, and Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. So we put like the little skull head on the hand engine stuff. And yeah, I just obliterated it with a coffee mug. And uh, I would so fire you as a client. Yeah, well, you know what? That that, that happened. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He said no more. Um, yeah, it was certainly the Iron Fist with the cutoff jean shorts, the roller blades, and the uh, pink uh, tank top that I think pushed him over the edge. But that model just looked incredible. He did such a fantastic job with it. Wait, Otis, you're getting ahead. The Sentinel uh, Prime did not get crushed in the cup holder. Yeah. So for those of you thinking that, oh, well, Tim left it in Dan's car. Dan sent me a picture. When he got home, he's like, hey, I found a special friend. After he <laughs> dropped us off. And I was like, oh, no, it's in a cup holder. <laughs> but it's not my cup holder, so he's probably safe. Mm -hmm. uh, so we went to Memorial Day at the Coles uh, or uh, for a friend's birthday party. And Dan gave me Sentinel Prime back. And safe and sound. Safe and sound. He was 100% great. Not a scratch on it. So I had Sentinel Prime in one hand and I had my son in the other hand <laughs> and I put Sentinel Prime on the roof of the car and then I buckle my son in. I close the door. <laughs> I get in my seat and I sit down and I buckle up. We pull out and uh, the Coles live on a state highway. So it's like immediately out of the driveway. It's like 55 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And forgot Sentinel Prime on the roof. <laughs> So then we heard something rattle down my car and then fall off. And Lindsay was like, oh, no. Oh, no. What was that? And I turned around. I was like, oh, it's probably just my cup. And then I look to the sign. I was like, oh, nope, that's my cup. And I see blue and purple all over the road. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. She pulls over and I rush out of the car. I'm dodging traffic, like, like having people down like I have a flat or something. I'm telling them to go around to the side <laughs> so I can pick up. 
the sentinel head. And uh, I had made that little spider bot uh, with two of the extra sentinel hands with a head on top that was on the base. So good. And uh, because it was super glued and not plastic glued, uh, it just broke apart in three perfect pieces, unscratched, unscathed. <laughs> it's already back together. <laughs> and like the head and shoulder mount that like sits into the chest was just one piece. It just fell off. The little spider bot that I put on the bottom just fell off and the leg and body and arms fell off uh, the base. And that was it. I saw that rolling down the state highway being like, oh, no, it's destroyed forever. This is my favorite thing ever. Uh, it has a mustache. It has all this stuff. But even like the uh, uh, the little propaganda posters that you can put on stuff like those were completely fine. There's no paint scratching. It wasn't even varnished. Like as far as super glue goes. Use it if you intend to leave it on top of your car and drive away with it. That's the only thing that I'll say. <laughs> People are irate in chat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brett Otis says that's even worse than the cup holder. But, but, but Lindsay put it back together. Uh, we stopped hyperventilating by the time we got home. It was fine. It He's was okay, fine. Man. It was fine. Crash just approved. <laughs> but, but let's get on to the main story, I guess. <laughs> Instead of, and I, chat, I understand as well, I have ruined a lot of models with really stupid uh, moves. And it's normally just my inaction that does it. Well, here's but, the good news. Yeah. Your models just live at the studio now. So that's they're true. pretty safe. They are. They're just, they're there. <laughs> they're chaperoned now. <laughs> Unfortunately by Tim. Yeah, also that. <laughs> but, but LVO. Um, so we went to LVO for the first time this past year. Uh, that's where I think the first time we got to meet Tyson in person. Um, and uh, it was an absolutely dope experience. Uh, it was awesome. The week, if I recall, after um, LVO of this year, there was signs up and the electric boards and stuff everywhere that they were going to be doing a ton of work. The hotel that was under new ownership, but they hadn't switched mm -hmm. things over yet. Um, so I, I remember I was watching Kirkov's uh, follow up video from his win at LVO this past year. Uh, and we had a similar experience as far as the little creepy like voyeur windows in the shower. So weird. Uh, <laughs> why were they I there? Have, I didn't have those in my room, but they're only in one of the towers we learned. But yeah, oh, OK. Window in the shower to the rest, to the to the main sleeping area. area. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> so we're, we're hoping that that gets rectified potentially this next year. Uh, we just put a bunch of tall boys in the window and that actually worked out pretty well. Except they kept cleaning it. Right. And removing like, it. No, these are mine. These are here for a reason. <laughs> but, but yeah, so LVO was an absolutely awesome experience for us last year. Um, we got to meet a bunch of great people and it's always nice to see a lot of familiar faces as well. Uh, we've we've been able to uh, hang out with Omnis on a number of different occasions mm -hmm. between Adepticon, both years that we've gone, LVO. I think those are the only times we've we've been able to hang out with him in person. I believe. Probably. So. You guys didn't go to Texas last year, did you? No. Um, okay. No. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a really cool experience uh, for us, and we're very excited for next year. And mm. uh, just we want to give a huge, huge shout out going into this conversation to Tyson specifically, who handles all of the, the points and the qualifying events and kind of organizes all that. He's the person that you report to if you run an event um, and get it set up. So he does a ton of work um, all throughout the year and did a massive amount of work for LVO, I'm assuming every year. Uh, by supplying just metric tons of terrain 
and that's incredibly painted as well. So Tyson, just first off, thank you so much for everything that you do for not only Real. LVO, but for MCP as a whole. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's appreciated. Um, but tell me a little bit about uh, what it takes to uh, get that many tables and stuff around for LVO. Like, what was what oh, that gosh. process like? Well, so the process, fortunately, I think my microphone is rejecting all the noise is I have two 3D printers running in this office. If I get a little closer, you'll start hearing them. <laughs> uh, they basically run 24-7 for most of the year. <laughs> wow. Um, except when they're down for maintenance. And then I have uh, two resin printers in the garage um, that are kicking out all the little resin pieces for all the tables, um, the new tables I'm doing and stuff like that, and other associated bits and bobs. And so they pretty much just keep going. And I have a crate here in the office that I just keep throwing the terrain as it's finished into there. And then eventually, um, hopefully not within a month, but you know, as it comes, <laughs> as it starts getting a little closer to the event, I'll start like batch painting everything. So like, I don't know if, you know, I was posting pictures of it last year and just like, you know, the month before it's like, here's another full four by eight table full of terrain that's painted. And then yeah. the next day, here's another four, four by eight table of terrain that's painted. Ooh, and that's so, yeah. um, instead of, you know, so that's kind of the system I have set up for making what will be now what 175 tables of terrain for this year. No, 150. Yeah. About 175 tables of terrain for wow. this year. Wow. So speaking uh, of that specific number, right? So this the next year at LVO, we're looking at 350, right? As far as players? Yes. Yeah. So that's what I believe. It's three to 350. I'd have to check with Kicker from Frontline Gaming. Uh, but I believe we talked about 350. Um, that's amazing. Starting out. So yeah. So it's, it's going to be super crazy. Uh, fortunately, um, to plug Frontline Gaming's new MD pre-printed MDF laser cut MCP terrain, mm -hmm. uh, we will be using a bunch of that. Uh, so hopefully at SoCal Open, they're going to give me like 50 sets of that. Oh, and nice. Then I'm and then I'm going to, but then they get, and then I'm going <laughs> to assemble it all for them, which is actually the more the worst part of it, and then crate them. <laughs> And then I'll bring them to LVO, but then they get to keep those for all the rest of their events, too. So that'll be like the traveling set for um, Frontline. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, so we're going to be streaming ACO next weekend. Um, and I was talking to, I believe, Seth, and I think we're going to be getting uh, a set of that, like one set to have on the stream table. Um, mm -hmm. So we're super excited for that because that stuff, I mean, it's it's a ton of terrain. Yeah, um, big set. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a great deal for people. I mean, just to plug it because I put together yeah. a few of them. Um, it looks good. Uh, it plays really well with MCP. Like everything's sized pretty appropriately. You know, we mm -hmm. have nice flat tops. Uh, it is MDF, but it's uh, it with the printing. It doesn't really look like it too much. And for what it is, if you just want to glue something together and have a table ready to go out of the box, uh, it's it's great stuff for that. Well, that's one of those things, too. Talking to so many different hobbyists, everyone kind of likes certain aspects of the hobby portion and doesn't like other aspects. Taylor loves painting and assembling terrain. Yeah, he does. Dan, you're not a huge fan of painting terrain. No, I don't mind assembling it. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you're specific there. Um, yes. I am awful at doing both parts of that. Have you tried to paint terrain before? Have I tried to paint terrain? Yes. Yes, I have tried to, but Lindsay was just too fast. <laughs> she took it right out of my hand. That's not what I mean, and you know it. 
no, I, the only thing I've really ever tried to paint was a Turvagon with, uh, and that was right after the release of um, contrast paints. And that might not have been the best model to start with because it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I uh, I like got tired and ran out of paint. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just slapping got stuff tired. on here. <laughs> um, but I was painting so exhausting. But so I, the thing, the really cool thing about the Frontline Gaming um, MDF terrain is that it is it's printed on right. So no paint, just mm. assembly. You're good to go. It's a ton of terrain for both uh, for a cityscape uh, that just does. I don't know. I think I think it's pretty dope. Yeah, it's probably about a. Well, I mean, it's a full board plus some extras, I think, Yeah, is what they did there. Like two sets kind of do three boards um, is wow. what I remember, at least from Bay Area Open. So. And so at the Salt City GT, which is going to be happening the weekend of July 7th. Um, so if you're in the Syracuse area, it's upstate New York. Uh, there's an airport there as well. If you're ever interested in heading over there, you can head to the Salt City GT. Um, dot com, I believe. Is the is the uh, I'll double check it. Yeah, thing I, believe, the I think you have to have the D in there. But uh, but Brian Horton of the 13th Legion uh, picked up, I believe, 12 sets of the Frontline Gaming MDF terrain. Uh, so oh, all nice. of, so all of the, the, the tables that will be running yeah. at that particular event. And that is an LVO qualifier as well. So that's oh, why all that MCP train was sold out for so long. No, well, he didn't get it. Oh, I, so he got because <laughs> he was like he ordered it, I think. Because we ran an event there, I think, in March. And he's like, yeah, I ordered it. Don't know where it is. And it came in after this recent restock. So it's incredibly popular. Okay. Yeah, it is. So yeah. if you, if you well, head over there, I would highly suggest it. And there's a link right there in chat to head over there. And once again, that helps support us because that yeah. turns dope. And it got pushed behind like the revamp actually of like all their 40K terrain that they've had to be re redoing because of the um, rules changes. Yeah. And so a bunch of the MCP. So they have because they have 700 tables. No, 600 tables at LVO for the 40K championship. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it's a 1200 like their 40K championship is like 1200 people or 14. It's at that point, what's 200 people? Uh, <laughs> right, right. <for> <laughs> I had no idea it was that big. Wow. No, it is massive. And that's just their 40K championship. So, you know, with all this MD, MDF terrain, you know, they make it and provide it for mm -hmm. their events. And uh, so the MCP being what it was, it's selling like gangbusters. We're like, hey, we got to get this stuff finished first. And so that's why some of that, you know, they can only make that stuff so quickly. Right, right. Um. But yeah, so that's that's exciting to me to hear that they're going to kind of have like a big chunk of that stuff to like travel with to all their events, because that, yes. that makes it that makes it so much easier for event organizers. That means maybe you'll be able to use a 3D printer for something else at some point. Soon. Yeah, well, I just, keep, you know, well, I'm starting to make these. Um, well, if, since we're talking about terrain, so more themed tables. So there's all the stuff yeah. I had before, which is the, like the city, the industrial, and kind of like the off-world uh, organics, crystal terrain, mushrooms kind of stuff. I love that, by the way. And mm. seeing uh, when you when you specifically, Tyson, go to other events and your display boards that have that like super deep purple, like crystal formations all over the place, I think it mm -hmm. looks rad as hell. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Well, thank you. Yeah. Unfortunately, those are going to end up in the casual area. So I can't make any more of that that terrain because it was a little hard to play on even for like mm. casual people or at least competitive like the models were sliding on it a little bit and they're kind of finicky where you get to place things and they look really awesome but they're not the most playable but fortunately i only have like two or three tables of that stuff so it won't be too bad oh, uh yeah. but 
But so I'm making a bunch of new terrain to go with this. You know, there's a standard expanding on the industrial and the city stuff and just making more of those kinds of buildings. Uh, but one of the companies, the C27, they also do a lot of terrain. Yeah. And they do a lot of and they do a lot of themed terrain packs. So I've been getting those and I've been making them. So we'll have like a murder world carnival nice. of death boards, uh, you know, it's so like tents and like the little animal cages and carnival games and that kind of stuff. Uh, because I do care about having the tables playable yeah. as far as, you know, you can have these really cool tables, but then you can't really play on it. Uh, which kind of defeats the the point of going to an event because there's nothing worse than say going to like back in the day like a war machine event and they were using like old 40k terrain and you're like oh. this game doesn't work this stinks yeah, yeah you know so having terrain that's not made to work with your game and make things easily and to be as precise as possible while still having fun full 3d terrain um, and all that kind of thing so that's all that's important to me so there's a murder world one I've got a danger room. So it's got like all the weapons and it's got like two side walls with like the control room and then like tentacle claws coming out of the ground and coming out of the walls and other bits and bobs in there. Oh, I like then that. I've, then I've got um, kind of it's an Egyptian themed uh, apocalypse table. Ooh, what? I want to see that. So the mutant apocalypse. So unfortunately, he had a they did a big old pyramid that has like the a, the a big machine at the top of it, but the pyramid is smooth sided. So you can't even use oh. it. <laughs> and I let him know like, Hey, we need to be able to, because this thing's like probably 18 inches square. Like it's big. And it'd be awesome if it was stepped so we could actually put models on it. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm using all the rest. I'm using the rest of everything. So there's like canoptic jars. There's like these treasure chest things. Like stuff like uh, that. There's yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, that'd be perfect. Like you could play in a more casual board with MCP with that. You know, you just can't throw it. It's just something you move around on. And then there's something at the top you can chuck. I do know uh, like at running lot. events at a bunch of different like LGSs, like they just kind of assume it's like, oh yeah, I have a bunch of, you know, Adeptus uh Mechanicus style terrain or whatever, like the the ruins. It's like, ah, listen, mm -hmm. Hulk, yeah, could probably throw a ruin, maybe. If you got a good grip on it, but it's difficult to throw this type of stuff around outside of like those storage containers. I think yeah. they're actually pretty good for MCP, like yes, the hollow ones. Sure. But, but yeah. Um, so, but yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the, the sizing matters. And then I've got, what am I printing right now? There is, oh, a Sentinel tape, a Sentinel factory with, um, like a big cube. That's got like the master mold, that's like crazy. sitting on a chair. And it's like this big fat, um, cube construct around them so you can put them on the tables like a size five building quote unquote i like and that a like, lot how do they there's like sentinels. cooler <laughs> right yeah <laughs> and then there's like sentinels being fabricated and another just like you know factory kind of stuff and then i'll probably put that one that one didn't come a lot of these come with like specific themed mats that he'll do and so i can just have frontline print them with our scenarios on them and we're off to the um, off to the races, uh, but I'll probably just use like one of their factory, like a generic factory mat or something. Will probably be fine. And that's the and... thing I do really like about some of their mats is they work. I forget the name of the specific mat. Actually, I have a link for it that I'll put in the show notes to this. But it works actually really good for both Shatterpoint and MCP, and it's kind of one of the techie uh, style maps that you mm. can put. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, the space terrain on or the cosmic terrain. Um, you could do cityscape with it as well, and it works great with pretty much anything from. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the 
the frontline gaming, the like the Neo Tokyo Roads one or whatever they call it. Yeah, something like yes. that. Yeah, it's like a futuristic city and they got lots of purple and pink and like bright colors on it. Oh, there's that one. This one looked more industrial, like it's a lot of grays, yellows. Um, oh, OK. Also, like, look. A, like a circuit board almost, but like a city, not a cityscape, but. And it reminds me of a game called Total Annihilation, which was an RTS from like 1995. That was like, <laughs> I remember uh, that game. Do you really? Yeah. Yes. That was so, an RTS person back in the day. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that reminded me of like the scape there where it's all like very metal and pipes and grates and stuff. And that's like kind of all it is. But like, I think it works really good for a lot of that type of stuff. But uh, but yeah. Um. So and then I think and I think that's it. I'm sure there's one or two themes that I'm missing. Um, but, and I'm making a whole bunch of new, like, you know, how much more Steve LVO statues, uh, because those seem to be yeah. kind of a hit and people wanted to buy them last year. So I'm making more so I can actually sell people some. So I was going to say, like, I know, I know Brian, I think got one. I, I keep seeing those around. So, and, and I know that they were incredibly popular. So, uh, and that was one thing I was curious about. So I know at a lot of events, Frontline normally sells the mats that are on the table. Yep. Um, how much terrain ended up like leaving? Uh, from from LVO because you did a ton of it and I was like oh I saw people like being really excited about the the Steve statues right especially the ones that had the, yeah. the Las Vegas open thing on it but like I was like oh was how really much cool. is he gonna have to redo like for next year um I probably uh I only sold like I think two tables of terrain but the only one I was selling is the industrial stuff because that's easy enough to reproduce yeah and so I can sell it because I was maybe I don't know was that three three hundred fifty dollars for a table something like that um you know so it's not exorbitant but it's not cheap but yeah. it's got you know a bunch of print time bunch of labor into it and I don't, I don't work at Chinese factory rates so <laughs> right uh <laughs> and I also look at it, you know, hey, if I can make some money on it, it helps support the event. And so I probably plan to maybe have some tables for uh, for sale eventually next year. Nice. Uh, it just looks how once I and I'll plan on a price and kind of have it figured out ahead of time instead of winging it uh, because that helps to support the event. And I can make more industrial terrain. I'm not going to do any of the houses or the city stuff because screw painting windows. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only going to do those once and I'm not going to do more of them. Um, oh, and then I've got a subway table. So nice. that uh, Corvus train, that subway table. And then I've got like an adjacent, like raised tram line table to do. Yeah. And that uh, so that's another one. Actually, I've got the parts for it sitting behind me right now and I've started painting it. So hopefully that one won't take too long. And then I've got my plans of doing my really fancy kind of scenic over the top tables that I've done for War Machine in the past. But that kind of starts happening once I'm caught up on terrain and, you know, making sure the event itself is, you know, kitted out the way I want it. And so speaking of, so LVO is kind of the culmination of events all year long at LGSs, at other conventions. And that's one of the things that I think, and I think we talked about this a little bit at LVO, is that it makes it a little, uh, it makes it obtainable. So like there is minimums and stuff, but. For the most part, like you can qualify for LVO, like without going to a huge major convention. Those are the dopest places to do it. Yeah. Um, but smaller LGSs or smaller events, uh, you can qualify for the biggest MCP uh, event that, you know, as far as series goes of the year, um, really in a lot of different places. So talk to us a little bit about kind of what that setup is like what managing all of those events is like as far as taking that data in um 
and just kind of that that process. Sure. Uh, so the concept between between or not between for the LVO Invitational series was based on a circuit we had for War Machine back in the day, uh, mm-hmm. where we have you qualify at events and then you'd play in finals at um, Warfare, which is now known as Warfare Weekend at the end of the year, and they had mm-hmm. a 32 person Invitational along with all the other War Machine events that they used to do there. And so I based this off of what Gonzo had been running. And we came up with like, how do we how do we grow MCP? How do we make a cool event? And this also was part of the community document uh, a bunch of us put together before we had the challenger pack. And mm-hmm. it's still the community packet is on. So our website for L- the LVO Invitational Series is LVOIS.com. So it's pretty simple, pretty short, and that also hosts the community document. So if there's anyone that wants to run events locally, uh, wants you know they can use the challenger document. But this also has like tie breaking if you want to use dice down because the challenger document doesn't have tie breaks. They say, hey, guess what? Your round's going to be 30 minutes longer. Why everyone finishes your game and screw your schedule and screw your players' time, <laughs> and you're going to bleed 15 to half an hour of time every stupid round so which doesn't work for events i mean this is my opinion that we value players time and the event's going to start on time and this event's going to be over when we say it's over within like 20 minutes because you know you want to go hang out with friends especially when we're in vegas you want to go have dinner right you want to do yeah like we've had events in the past where the event was running an hour late or an hour behind or people just made plans early and weren't thinking about it and they did like a 4-0 drop they're like hey we're we're gonna go have dinner and you had like three players 4-0 drop because they cared more about hanging out with their friends than they did about the event which is perfectly fine like we go to these events to make friends to see the friends you see like twice a year and for people who travel a lot and play these games any game competitively mm-hmm. when he, starts not to matter as much like you want to win you want to do well but you're there to have fun and see all your friends well and that's the thing right yeah like very specifically like when you go to one of these events everyone's trying to coordinate like where are we going to eat how are we going to do this like how many people are going and what groups are splitting into what so i can certainly see like a little bit more organization certainly kind of helps people actually establish those plans Mm -hmm. because if you're flying across the world and you get to see those people that you only get to see once or twice a year if that um it's important. And these aren't video games, yeah. right? They're they're miniatures games. You're playing with people in person and you like those people. And that's one yeah. of the dope things about MCP is that the community's dope as hell. Yeah. So exactly. Um, so uh, so the impetus was to help create community behind this invitational series. And part of our goal was is having it open to as many people as possible. So uh having events so it's you know challenge or um invitational spots can go to some stores that only have like four players that play or you know and then also the large convention so i didn't want to lock it into like you only get to go to these huge events and that's the only place you can qualify for um i try to spread them out all over the u.s and so we're not congregated all in one area Uh, i make sure events that are close to each other aren't on the same weekends and or even you know within a week of each other so you're within say six hours of somewhere else i might ask you to do like a different date not that people travel 
all the time, but it encourages and gives people the option to like go travel or if, like, I really want to get qualified. So I'm going to go to, you know, these three or four events that are around me, or I might even fly into one um, right. and try to get a hmm. qualification. And so what a qualification means is at Elvio, we have a ton and we'll go through the schedule for Elvio, but we have a ton of open casual events and open different events, uh, standards, uh, you know, standard format events and then um, specific like alternate formats events. But then the it's the culmination of the full year of our invitational series where we have a two day event where we play three, three rounds and three rounds of 64 players that have been pre-qualified. Yeah. So uh, and then we'll get and there's a last chance qualifier at LVO, which we'll go over. So we basically grab together 64 players and they play in this two day event. And then you get to say, you know, hey, I'm the best of the best. And even though it's a small subset of, you know, uh, a slice of the actual play skill out there and there's right. a lot of luck involved. But being able to have all the people that complain, it's like, oh, I can't qualify or I can't do this because I can't, you know, I can't get qual, you know, I can't fly somewhere to do, you know, the one or five qualifiers. Well, actually have your local store do one. Mm -hmm. And and we're not just limited to the 57 qualifiers that there's spots for. Once we fill all our spots, uh, we have what are called points events. And yes. winning, playing in those events uh, doesn't automatically qualify you um, for the invitational if you win, but it gets you points. And so on our website, there's also a giant Excel list that's got everyone's points from the different events they go to. And uh, first place through eighth place gets points. And those are broken down specifically by how many players you have at your event. So the larger events do get more points. Uh, whereas a 16 or less, basically first place gets 16 or 15 or 14, depending how many, you know, those many players. And then second place gets 60% of that. And then it goes down from there. And what that allows us to do is at the end of the year, there's always going to be people that have qualified uh, that can't come. So, you know, I was there's a whole bunch last year for some reason, like, hey, I'm moving or I just bought a house. You're like, well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I guess you, <laughs> you know, and, there, and there's always like in our age brackets or was like, hey, you know, I'm going to have a baby. My wife's due like, you know, three weeks, at, two weeks after LVO, like I probably can't come. Like, yeah, that's acceptable. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't want you to come either. And, and one thing real quick. Sorry. So just a huge shout out. Thank you, uh, Andrew Light Savage for the sub and X Paxis as well for the gift subs. Guys, we really appreciate that. For real. Uh, it is it is vital to to what we do. So thank you guys so much. But sorry, sorry Tyson. Continue. No, 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 just stop me because I will I can once I get going, I will monologue. <laughs> so as you need to, just stop me with questions. Call me monologue. Uh, so we, yeah, so we don't get too far into that, especially when I'm info dumping. Uh, well, and you can you can re-roll actually all your defense dice with an inspiring monologue too. So <laughs> it works out. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's see, where was I? Oh, see, so yeah, points. So what happens is the people that can't come, I start taking the highest points on the list and work my way down. And a lot of times, like the people can't come, and I think I went last year like 15 spots down before I'd filled the spaces I needed to do between people not being able to come. And so if you want a good chance to qualify for an invitational LVO invitational, just going to like two or three events. And if you're, you know, somewhere north of like 15 points, there's probably a good chance. And it's all relative to actually how many people points are getting. You know, so if someone's, you know, if there's like 15 people that are really, you know, grinding out those points, like those just might be the 15 and they might have like 45 or 60 points each. But as far as last year, I think I went down to like 14 points uh, before I just cut it off. 
And we do have a floor, and it might be 14 or 15 points, which is basically like two events. You know, like if you go to an event that has at least like eight or 10 people, and you go to two of those, and you do relatively well, like there's a good chance you get 15 points out of that. Well, and and how many points I have. Right. And in addition to the points, um, and this is something that uh, I misunderstood at at LVO this, this past year was the last chance qualifier isn't just the winner of that getting into the qualifiers. Normally a handful, right? To fill out the rest of those yes. spots. Mm. Yes. So we have, so at the event, um, so starting Friday morning, uh, we have called what we call the LCQ or the last chance qualifier. Mm-hmm. And it is an uncapped player event. So this year it's probably going to be huge <laughs> that anyone can play. Even if you don't want to try to qualify for finals on Saturday, Sunday, uh, there's a whole bunch of people that just play in it for fun. And that we pull five, four or five. I think it's five or more players out of um, to go into finals. So during the year, we have um, 57 auto qualifiers. We have the one person from last year's winner from LVO that's qualified, Mm -hmm. which gives us um, 58. No, or I guess there's 58 qualifiers. Then we go to 59 with him. And then we pull five out of that for 64 total players. Mm. And if there's people that can't come or because there's probably, you know, when you start to talk to that many people, there's probably someone that might no show yep. or I just go too far down the points list. And I'm like, all right, here's our bottom cutoff. So last year we ended up taking like 10, nine, 10 people out of the last chance. Um, I thought it was more was than out. that. Wasn't it like uh, it, in the teens? It, uh, I don't know specifically. Charles was handling all that. So Charles is our wizard for the yeah. day of he's our he's our head judge um, for the event. He handles. So I, I should say, as, I, as I'm talking about all this stuff, the, the event doesn't happen without all the helpers that are there um, I, help throughout the year. I was just um, thinking Charles, that same thing. Yeah, Charles yeah, and Dan. Char- and- Charles, which is like the face of LVO as far as like, you know, podcasting and talking about it and interfacing with others, um, helping organize all the helpers and getting them all on board. Uh, you know, so he's indispensable with that. And, you know, it doesn't help. It doesn't happen without all them either. So. As well, much and, as I as much as I may go on and monologue about what I do here right now. <laughs> so uh, last year, I know um, I mean, outside of Charles, because uh, Charles does a ton. Uh, there was you, uh, Danny, Lexa White, uh, Brian Watson. Um, I feel like there's another one. There was either Ron? And the, is it Ron or Mike? And I Mike. didn't I didn't interact with the helpers too much um, since I was doing a lot of um they made me hall boss that year too. So yeah. like Friday, I, I had a lot of overhead of just like running around. I think I made like 10 trips up to the front desk, which is like oh, which was four mile miles away. away. That was so <laughs> far. The first time I went down to that room, I was like, are we leaving the hotel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. A, it's a long hike out there. Um, running wristbands out to end up. That was the biggest thing. It's like all the people that were helping um, running wristbands out to people and, you know, getting them inside the con and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so there's a decent chance between, you know, getting points. So back to the, the invitational itself between yeah. getting points and then showing up for the last chance qualifier, you know, where we took like, you know, 10% of the field. Uh, so we try to go if we can, if it works with the round numbers, because all we need is five or less undefeated players. So mm-hmm. you could have a field of, you know, 300 and you only have to play like, I don't know, I'd have 
you know, doing math on streams always bad, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, describing like, memes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you only have to run like five or six rounds, you know, yeah. to get to that number, like very quickly, you can get to under five defeated, uh, and still not, and have, um, you know, not going forever. Uh, so, but ideally we're trying to take someone that's lost a game too. Uh, granted that's by strength of schedule tiebreak, but it helps incentivize people to keep playing because you could drop a first round game because if you had two, you know, say you have two really good players bump up into each other, uh, first round and you still have a chance if you can, you know, win all your other games, uh, go through and your strength yeah. of schedule. If you, if you lose against someone that's undefeated, your strength of schedule is usually be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully. Well, and it was so, one of, it was one of anyway. those things last year where we saw uh, Kirkhoff, right? Uh, Vincent Kirkhoff played in the LCQ. Oddly enough, just happened to be the first game we had on stream. Oh, yeah. Uh, qualified through the LCQ and then ended up taking the whole thing. Yeah. So between like local events, between some of the bigger conventions, between smaller conventions, between showing up for the LCQ, like there's so many ways to qualify into that final 64 into that big, yeah. you know, tournament of tournaments. It's it's awesome. You, can, you don't know who's going to be there. You don't know who's going to qualify, who's going to get there, and how they're going to do, and what they're going to be running. I love that it's such a, like, just an open, monumental, like, thing. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's dope as heck. Yeah, and, and we tr yeah, try to format in such a way that you're not exclusionary yeah. while mm. still trying to be prestigious. So that's always a fine Ooh. balance of, yeah. you know, how do we try to get as many people in here without it saying like, oh, it's, you know, just a old boys club of, you know, the same people that are in here. And I don't have a chance if I just play with my locals and I can't go anywhere. And that's the thing, like between so many events to qualify between the LCQ, like really everyone has a pretty solid opportunity to get in and with different affiliations too, right? Uh, I think going into LVO, we expected a lot, uh, or at least as in this past year, we expected a lot of Guardian Thanos. We expected a lot of Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Dark Horse Shield comes in. Yep. And has, just <laughs> cleans house. Cleans house, takes the whole thing. And it's just awesome to see. And if you're thinking about like, oh, well, tickets go live, <laughs> chances are they're going to sell out. Like just a, a forewarning. Uh, FYI. And... You're like, well, I haven't gone to any events. I don't know if I'm going to be hit, able to hit up this or this, or I didn't place well at, at Warfare Weekend or uh, Second Wind or any of these events. Um, that LCQ is still there. You yeah. grab well, that ticket now the because it's there's and all be the casual events. Yeah. So mm. you know, we encourage because like you know, this last event I went to, I didn't do well at all, but I wasn't expecting to. You know, I went there to have fun. Yeah. And you know, if I'm losing this game, like all right, I've lost this game, but. I'm going to try to do this. You know, I just want to get that guy dead. <laughs> and then if you want to keep fighting over it, like this game's over, I'll concede. Or, you know, so you just find these little micro goals to have fun. And you you bullshit around and you just have some fun. You know, once you've kind of realized you don't throw the game, but it's like, hey, I, I'm not I've realized I've lost this game. I can see that you're going to outscore me and I can do the math in my head for two rounds. I do the and, morale victory thing all the time. Yeah, like, exactly. Dr. D wrote a really good article about setting obtainable goals. That's on professionalcasual.com. Dr. D has been writing a whole bunch of really good blogs. Um, but when I'm on a table, and I'm getting just wrecked by a Malekith and I'm like, all right, I'm going to daze him. That's my only goal now. I've lost this game. I'm going to just exactly. funnel buckets of bullets into Malekith. Right. 
I'm going to play all my yeah. cactus cards. Yes. Yep. I'm going to get exactly. that. I'm going to get fearful symmetry off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you just have fun. Like you'll learn something for that game. Yeah. Take notes. You know, most opponents are really gracious. And like, you know, if you want to oh, talk about the game, they'll say, you know, it's like, all right, what, what could I have done better? Like, obviously I had a big problem with this. Like the last game I played, um, I never, like I, I never played Red Skull. Um, and I've only played with Malkith once. Like I even forgot. I didn't even remember he had like the throw on his ferocity. Like I had it. I've never Ooh. used that. And right. then so that's a big change. He's like, you know, and your throw, right? I'm like, what throw? He doesn't have a throw in his card. He's like, well, read ferocity again. I'm like, oh, that last sentence. Yeah, that's yep. pre- that's pretty good. Um, that's one thing I'll say, and, especially for, for interviewing people after uh, rounds in LVO this past year was the the people that you play at any level of competition. Um, even at an event like LVO, they're very open as far as like, hey, you know, I think you could have done this or I think this was the the mistake or people asking for advice from players. The snootiness just doesn't exist in this particular yeah, subject, which is really, really nice. And I, and I think that is having a, a nice group of people that came into the game to start with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a large portion of the players were, you know, the very beginning, at least were like, you know, old MC or old War Machine players. And that was that same kind of, you know, community mindset of, you know, talking and, you know, it's a tight rule set. So you don't have all the like rules lawyering that you get in 40K. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people that just try to exploit the rule system, like they don't even exist. So like we are, we're all playing the same game of MCP generally, as mm-hmm. long as you talk about the terrain on the table, because everyone's got different ideas about what terrain is, um, depending yeah. what they play, if they play competitively, if they just play local casually, if they play with just some random terrain they have and how all that works. Uh, but, you know, as long as you talk about that, we're, all generally playing the exact same game with the exact same smaller rule book. And we don't have a million facts and we don't have four different books for our one faction. And <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we don't have to mess with all that. Yeah. And I will say I'm super pumped for 10th as a, as a Tyranids player. Um, but it is new Tyranids. What? <laughs> the, I but know. there is uh yeah, since I started playing, cause I started There's in literally been one since you started playing yeah. Tyranids. Uh, so <laughs> hey, that's, that's pretty Tyranids pumped. are my, actually I've been painting a bunch of Tyranids for someone. Yeah. And he's all hyped. He's all hyped about it. And then that's what I used to play back in back in the days in oh gosh. Oh 2000 to two thousand five or six when I stopped. Oh, that was a completely um, different game because, back then. <laughs> oh no, it's entirely it was entirely different. But no, I used because I played competitively and would travel around for it. And then so the games day where I won games day in LA where I won my golden demon, uh, like the gold for my Tyranid. Um, I also won their, um, oh, what'd they call them? Well, I won their tournament there too. Their 40k what? tournament. They called those a oh, rogue trader. So oh, I won yeah, the rogue yeah. trader there. That was, I don't know, 64 people or something like that. And then got, and then got a gold demon at the same time. So, all right. So first up best congr- weekend ever. That, that makes me so yeah. happy. So I knew you were a golden demon demon winner. I didn't know it was for, for bugs though. As yes. Uh, so I, I'm going to fanboy out a little bit. Um, so wait, wait. Real quick, what was the model? No, that's what I was going to ask. Oh. You get out of here, Dan. <laughs> I thought you were going a direction. <laughs> so what was the model? Uh, it was a Sorry. winged uh, Forge World winged hive tyrant. Oh, uh, nice. It was kind of cu- customized up. And actually, and if you guys want to fill for a second, I could probably find you a picture and I can dump it into our uh, the Discord chat. Yeah, dope. So um, 
very specifically, just a huge uh, quick thing here again. July 7th, Salt City GT. Guys, we want this. To, this is close to us as far as conventions that we have to travel to to run things at or stream. It's the closest to us by <laughs> far. Real nice. It's still about two hours, but like, listen. Uh, For us, that's super close. TheSaltCityGT.com. Ben's going to be there. Alyssa's going to be there. Keebler's going to be there. We're all going to be there. It's going to be doper magopers. Um, and a real quick side thing about LVO and the last chance qualifier, the LCQ. Guess who you won't have to play in the LCQ? All the oh, people yeah. that already qualified. So as far as getting that chance, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to play against this guy to win or this, that, and the other thing. Guess what? You don't because a lot of them are already qualified and they're going to be doing some of the side events that day. So exactly. The- yeah. So we don't allow anyone to dream crush um, in the <laughs> LCQ. Uh, and so we have another side event, which we'll talk about that they can play in. But also a lot of them just come in Saturday, uh, you know, depending what their schedules are. Yeah. So it, it works. You know, we try to work around. It. And so I dumped um, I PM'd it to you, the picture. So yep, I'm getting it our- up right now while you're talking about okay. the side events. And and then so well actually since we're talking about events and then we can go back to the the painting thing in a second so um, the event schedule so Friday uh, we have our last chance qualifier oh there we go he's got yeah, it up there it is wow um, I didn't expect that to pop up right on screen it's so like big <laughs> but yeah it's that, like where is this going to pop up on the overlay that is awesome nice I mean the, the, um, so the like bone it doesn't hold up to like any any of today's golden demons like it doesn't hold up at all but <laughs> you know 20 23 years ago that's awesome though man like congrats i love that and then, and then i've got a full army of about about that quality um for like my tournament army so um and then, so they just live in a box i don't know if i'm you know i'll play 40k again maybe if it's the only thing i got around but i i got so many other better games to play <laughs> keebler you have a golden demas finalist pin i didn't know that you That's, got an adept account for his this uh, past elf. year. Oh, awesome. nice. Hell yeah, dude. Was it mounted um, Glorfindel? I think. Uh, Dr. D also submitted a really good Miss Sinister oh, into uh, the Worthy this past year. That was really good. Mm. But <laughs> sorry. too good. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean that was that was a fun weekend. Yeah, they were they were looking for me. I was they were doing like the Golden Demon Awards, and then I wasn't even there for like their tournament ceremony thing. And eventually, I just like walked over there and oh, like, I hey, we got see. stuff for you. I'm like, oh sweet. <laughs> oh, it's like I won. Sweet, because back the back of that day, you had comp scores too, and comp oh. scores will destroy you. I I lost another. I got third place at another rogue, like a huge rogue trader. Um, and I would have had first place if I didn't have two rending claw mutations on my hormigons because of points for you lose comp points for the amount of war gear you have. Like, so anyway, really specific. Yeah. So so if you want to know where, um, frontline gaming's, um, gaming group zero comp name came from, that was the whole <laughs> rebellion against the comp scores in 40k rogue traders, which were frankly bullshit. Like you could rate your opponents like, oh, how well did this game go? Well, if you want to tank your opponent, you just rate them a zero. Or mm-hmm. if I did really well, we had a perfectly friendly game, but I absolutely crushed you just because, you know, it's list chicken. Like some armies just crush other armies, yeah. especially back in the day when we're just fighting across the table mm-hmm. and there's no scenarios. So if I just crush you, but we have a great game, like I'm really friendly, I'm nice, you know, and but if you're just butt hurt 
and about oh, I'm going to give you a comp score of zero. So like now I can't win yeah. because you had your feelings hurt because you didn't win. Yeah. So like that whole, you know, like I'm super glad like comp is just gone. Like but, because that's toxic and exploitable. Like but, if your yeah. game's not good yeah. enough to like just stand on win loss record and you need comp scores to help even things out. Well, maybe you should look at your game. Well, and some of the premise of it, like seems valid, especially like rating like sportsmanship and stuff, but it just never works out. Like, I feel like, like you said, well, it it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't hurt to have like side soft scores for separate awards. Yeah. Like that's fine. Or door prizes or yeah. It's the only way I win prizes. Yep. Like you do a best general, <laughs> you know, like you could vote for like, you know, best general or and then or vote for um, like, a, you know, like a best opponent, you know, yeah. like all those kind of things. Like those are great, but not having those tied into final standings right, is where one, they, they're, e- yeah. they're easily exploitable. Because what happens if I have me and two friends play the same guy and, you know, he gets all three of us in a tournament and we both like collude and say, oh, I got him. I gave him a zero. And you were talking to your buddies after round like someone else gets him like, oh, I'm going to give him a zero, too. And, you know, so it's just really easy to exploit that the same way with um, at least at LVO. So in long shanks, you can do like first round pairings to avoid player groups Yeah, or, you know, like locals. And usually that's intended to, you know, like all your locals put your, you know, local store or whatever you want to call your gaming club is. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to play each other first round. But what that allows it to do is anyone that is a really good player and wants to make sure they don't bump into each other first round. I get me and my five best friends and we make our own little group. And, you know, we're all over the country or even nationally. And we're going to make sure we don't have to play each other in the LCQ or at LVO championships first round yeah. by doing that. So that is also so there's benefits to soft scores and yeah. other things like this, um, which I think locally for small events, it's perfectly fine to say, hey, don't let locals play each other. If you have like, you know, two people that drove in mm-hmm. out of town or you do your, you know, if you're the TO, you do the random pairing and you see like the two out of towners are playing each other first round, maybe just hit randomize again, you know? Yeah, uh, correct. And that is an option in there too. And I th- I think some, especially newer TOs aren't aware of that. The, the Longshank specifically has a bunch of very good features to kind of avoid some of those things. Nice. Um, and it's it's yeah, it's it's a fine line, though, between being like, ah, I don't want to, you know, the 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 top players or whatever collude to be like, oh, we're not going to play each other in the first round. So we're fine. If, but it's if only- it's an option, someone will do it. Correct. And that's that's, Correct. that's part of writing. Like so with the invitational uh, what, sorry, the community packet, uh, we have a whole bunch of rules like so when you see people playing with chess clocks, we have all the chess clock rules in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so which people should read as far as like it's not just tapping back and forth. It's like, when do you pause it? Um, when you know, when are you supposed to switch it back and forth between active and inactive player, def- depending what they're doing uh, and all these little corner cases that come up, uh, we kind of cover in that document. We also cover um, sportsmanship and community standards and like the things we expect as tos from running this stuff for like 20 years uh the way we expect you to behave at this event um so that's a great document for people to just cut copy paste stuff out of um use wholesale uh take inspiration from uh and not a lot of that is covered in the challenger document which is fine because they don't i could see them not wanting to get in the middle of the nitty gritty and writing like a steamroller packet with like an associated judge document like war machine used to do. Mm-hmm. And then where you get, then now all of a sudden you're the steward of how 
all this fine aggregate community interaction goes, which I can easily see them not wanting to get in the middle of. Well, and we can kind of see that, right? Where we don't have, you know, FAQs and and points updates or threat changes and stuff all the time. It's it's the the challenger document I feel is in a really good spot as far as a as a broad starting point and base. And then each mm-hmm. convention or each local group or each tournament can kind of extrapolate it from there because they've left a lot yeah. open to interpretation, I feel like, kind of on purpose. Um, yeah. Well, and, and conspiracy theory here is, I, you know, they could have put that out to also make sure I didn't what we did as community because the community packet came out well before the Challenger document is to make sure uh, what happened to ITC and warm and 40K <laughs> didn't happen to mm-hmm. MCP. I don't so, have a, a huge frame of reference for that, but um, well, whereas whereas ITC basically came became what 40k like here's how we play 40k I gotcha. and GW had no very you know no control over it. So gotcha. um, by having that community by having the challenger document out there, they have a format you know that they've said hey you know this is how this is how you should play your game in a tournament if you want to. I gotcha. So before and before we kind of like get to time here to the, the side events very specifically for each day yep. at um, LVO. So Friday, there will also be a, a, a singles event, uh, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it should be this year. Um, last year, we had an alternate format and then no one really had a lot of interest in it because the people that were already qualified that wanted to play, they just wanted to play regular War Machine. And they didn't care about giving away their lit. Or I keep on saying War Machine. Sorry, guys. I also run War Machine <laughs> at LVO. So and I've done that for the past 12 years War um, so crisis protocol i was trying to make a, yeah, a pun for that exactly it doesn't fit so well. yeah when i'm not thinking about it specifically like they're kind of inter- interchangeable in my head as far as like lvo yeah. uh, but anyways uh well, like so we'll the wtc right too is like it, a war yep. machine and now is is bringing an mcp for it as well exactly uh so we're just gonna have a standard singles event um to go alongside the championship lcq and that one starts later in the day and then going into Saturday, uh, the championship invitational starts, and that's all the pre-qualified people. Uh, but then we also have our gymnastics event, which is, in short, uh, anyone can take a gym. Uh, oh, there's a few restrictions, yeah. like Mal- Malkith can't have one, and um, <laughs> Wong can't. I know, and Wong can't have one, so you don't get the portals, so you can't portal first turn. Off of just and Wong, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So exactly. Good catch. Good and, catch. <laughs> and so you know, because he'll you know he'll get the extra power. He'll move it over to straight. It's you know we don't want any. We don't need that. It's gonna be. It's crazy anyways. But you know, so you can do. Um, and your first gem is free, so you don't have to pay points for it. Mm-hmm. And and they don't take up any slots in your roster either. You know, so there's tactics cards or anything like that. They're just. And then after that, you have to pay the points. Uh, so. If say you're playing Thanos, like two gem Thanos, your first gem on him is actually free, and then you pay the second one. So he's only going to cost you seven threat instead of eight. Hmm. And then every other every other gem that goes on anyone else also costs its points on the card. So you got to have just craziness, all kinds of superpowers. You know, Hulk with space gem, or you know anything. You know, all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the space gem is so rude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all rude. Yeah, right. That and that, the and image the of Hulk with the mind gem, where just because it seems silly. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's like, get over there. And they're like, okay. 
Or come here. He's just intimidating them. Yeah. That's his mind game. Um, <laughs> chat, Keebler and Rev are talking in chat about more affiliation events at tournaments. And this is one thing that I we saw at um, Adepticon this past year where people got really into the affiliation battle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, connect to affiliations. But hard. it's also both of the Brotherhood players in chat of being like, oh, yeah, we need affiliation only. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, you already uh, play affiliation only. We've... <laughs> We've thought about that. We might do something like that as we're looking at space. Uh, yeah. But part of it is like, and until the new Wakanda, what stuff there's, you know, embarrassment of riches for like two or three affiliations. Yep. And then everyone else is like, eh, you know, I got this and that's all I got. Yeah, you know, everything. if you, especially if you do affiliation only, it was like um, Avengers, Cabal, Brotherhood, X-Men. I yeah. Think A-Force pretty much pretty good too. Oh yeah. That's fair. But yeah. Are, uh, but yeah, so there's some limitations to that, uh, which are good and bad. And, you know, so uh, but we may we may end up something add something like that. And one and very then, important fact about the ticket for this year and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe this is what I read. Um, when you buy your ticket for MCP for LVO, that gets you access to all the events, right? That, yes. That are MCP. So the M- yeah, so the M- the way I run the War Machine and MCP events is one ticket gets you into everything for the whole weekend. Mm. So basically, if when you buy a ticket, I know I have a, a table spot for you mm-hmm. is is what it is. And you can play as much or as little as you want uh, all so, weekend. And so if you don't speak- know if you're going to play on Friday in the LCQ or you do qualify, you're effectively very variable where you you get that ticket and you're good for the weekend. You don't have to super worry about what you're going to be playing in each day, but Correct. it's just super helpful to kind of keep that really, um, you can be on your, not on your toes a little bit. That's probably the wrong way to put it, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's open. It's, it's nice yeah. where you don't have to super fine tune. Well, I got to play this in the LCQ or I got to hit these things at this point, because listen, it's, it's open. You buy the ticket and you're in, you're good. You got options yep. yeah. for each. And day. then, yep. And then Sunday we have a continuation of finals. So we have the last three rounds of finals. And then we also have a three man team tournament. Um, which we have the rules for in the community packet uh, as far as like how pairings go um, roster slots and all that stuff so no no duplicate characters uh, but we're allowing duplicate team tactics cards probably and then uh, because some affiliations not having certain tactics cards available to them really hampers them and then of course you know the same crises so you know you can anyone can use the crises and then also all throughout the weekend we have something we call scrambles Mm-hmm. So we'll have specific start times for them. And what those are is like small pods of players, you know, four to eight people that we'll start a tournament for and we'll do the pairings for and you just play three rounds. Uh, you know, and we might have 20 people, depending on how many people show up, but it's just going to be three rounds. And it's a way to get in, you know, you get six hours of MCP in and then you're free and you don't have to commit to a larger event. Um, a lot of casual players like those uh, because they don't yeah. feel even though the events are very friendly and um they're not, you know, the timing, even with me being a horrible player, like I never clocked myself when I went to that tournament, uh, 45 minutes, 45 minutes, each player is not too bad unless you're getting into analysis paralysis. And that's when you kind of run out of time. Yeah. And then, well, at least, but then your game's over. So, you know, your game's not going to take three hours. Like cool. it'll take an hour and a half and then you're done <laughs> and then you can learn and move on. And uh, I, but I so remember- we, Oh, sorry. No. And then we have, um, then we'll also do matchmaking pairings. Uh, so are you, I think I was on Sunday, like someone was just sitting by the wall and they looked like they wanted to play or they were lonely because they were probably there by themselves. Like, hey, you want a game? And it's like, sure. 
And then so I walked the aisles and did, hey, you want to play? You want to play? You want to play? You want to play? And I found someone and I put them together because just like going to the bar after you walk down an aisle and you've asked the third person like, hey, you want to play a game? They say no. You're like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's also what we're there for as, you know, EOs is to help you, um, you know, because a lot of, you know, a lot of us gamers can be a little socially awkward or we're not the type A personalities that just want to, you know, that can take 10 no's in a row and not feel like depressed about it. <laughs> right. um, I like that a lot. That's good. Uh, uh, ben, real quick in chat asked uh, if Tyson went over why he won't let me win all the New York LVO qualifier tickets. Yes, he said no dream crushers. Stop trying to crush people's <laughs> dreams, Ben. They're not made of metal. I know. <laughs> um, but very specifically, the, the three-man team event. I mm-hmm. So that was on Sunday and it's on Sunday this next year, right? You said? Yes. So if if things don't go well in the LCQ or in the Invitational, you have that really cool event on Sunday. That's a huge reason to stay. I know a bunch of people yep. really enjoyed that last year. You kind of do. We had a lot of people playing yeah. in that. And um, there was a few people that were actually in the second day of the Invitational. It was like, hey, like I'm going to play, but like I really want to just drop and go play with my friends. Yeah. Mm. and i was like hey if you really want to you can like i can't you're here to have fun and whatever having fun outside of cheating means to you (laughs) i like that please do you know please do it um Um, at at Ironwell just a couple weeks ago i and correct me if i'm wrong here uh, but i believe uh brian ran uh, a three-man team lvo qualifier we we streamed it so those videos are going to be up over on the youtube um but was that the first time that that three-man format that's in the community packet was run as an LBO qualifier? Yes. Well, with the caveat, well, it was points yeah, only. Yeah, points. Sorry. Yeah, so that's a, that's um, a clear distinction, too. But uh, Because I like, how do you pick, you know, if I... Anyways, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're qualifying three to five people, and that like that doesn't work. Correct. Um, and also, you could propel people that don't really belong in it, you know, through because they could just, you know, carry him on your back all the way through it but it was mine and dan's uh, only way in for the most part but uh, (laughs) i think i've got like two points so far get a get a get a ringer to pull you through right uh no but so uh yeah so that was awesome and i'm always up for like helping you know again grow their community and giving something back and doing points for a tournament i thought was pretty fair Mm -hmm. uh, as facts because you still have to do well and you're still getting a top Granted, we probably get a top nine instead of a top eight, but that's fine right. uh, as far as players. Like, so one extra player gets a few points, but like you did well, you went and competed in the MCP, and I'm more than happy, you know, more than happy to have that part of our system, and I don't want to exclude it. Uh, Andrew Light Savage uh, is talking to Ben and Chan said, "Come to Pittsburgh's qualifier. We have no dreams." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Don't tempt me." <laughs> I mean, true. I mean, if you're there is something to be said if you're a really competitive player and you haven't been able to qualify yet because your meta is just sharks, like travel to like one of these little qualifiers yeah. somewhere. And there's probably a pretty good chance that you might be able to get, <laughs> you might be able to get in there. Shark. We saw a pretty good turnout to our last LVO qualifier at Bearded Dragon Games. Cause I think there was a handful of people that were like, Oh yeah, I I've, I've watched the professional casual people play. They're <laughs> awful. <laughs> Let's go, let's go up there and just do it. Also, Ben's not going to be there to crush our dreams. All right. Because we had some people come up. I mean, Otis always uh, makes an appearance, which is just so dope. He drives up from uh, from uh, Maryland. 
And then we had people from Jersey, Albany, Syracuse, like we had a convergence and it was, it was super dope, but that's, that's what LVO qualifiers do is honestly, they, uh, motivate people to, to want to travel. Exactly. You meet, you, you you meet know, new people, you meet new locals that might not be as far away as you think they are. Yep. Yeah. Like in for Texas, dinner. granted, Texas is huge, but you know, they've got, I think a pod of like four stores. I mean, but some of them are like hours and hours and hours away from each other, yeah. you know, so they'll have like three or four qualifiers throughout the year. Um, between all these different stores, you know, and all their locals will travel in this, you know, giant seven, I don't know, seven hour radius. I think I looked at the map once yeah. and they were kind of all spread out so, all over wow. the place. But, I was talking to but, the the TO for um, Lone Star Open and he was talking about how there's like each city in Texas, like Dallas, Houston, Austin, everyone that's going to be going to, to LSO, um, mm-hmm. they have like which one of these cities is going to have like the champion or the most qualified for, <laughs> and they have like little inner store, like ramblings back and forth. It's dope. Like, like that's, that a lot. that's the thing that I love about like, not just your local, but your extended local, your full state, your time zone. Like there's, there's a yep. lot of that just really cool community building in this game. Yeah. Because I'll go all the way down to like, from where I live, I kind of live between San Francisco and San Diego, you know? So I was just up in San Francisco for Bay area open. And then like, I'll go all the way down to like San Diego for an event. Yeah. And, you know, so that's, you know, so you can, you know, roam it all around for it. But I, I think, is there, a, so we're, we're way over on time. But it's <laughs> we, been, we spent a lot of time rambling, but I, I don't know if it, we had, we had good stuff. Yeah. Was there any, is there anything else that, that we didn't get out there that is super vital for, for LVO or, um, or just in general that we um, have left off? Only thing I would say is probably if you, uh, we still have points qualifiers that people want to run some local events and get some points. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to the LVOIS.com website and you can apply for events there. And I'll be more than happy to approve them for points. And, and that's uh, going also the up next site year, especially where, where people can find the community packet as well, right? Is LVOIS? Correct. Perfect. Yeah. The community packets there are, there's like two documents there. One's the generic community community packet that we've put together um between warfare weekend norbert and some other people um tim that we when we all got together and put this together um and that one's a little more generic and there's the lvo uh invitational packet which has some more language that's specific to lvo and also some of our formats in there and a lot of the information between them is still the same but so that's where all our community stuff is and I guess that's probably it. And we'll see everyone at LVO. Yeah. And uh, and as a reminder, uh, next weekend, uh, the weekend of June 17th, it's my birthday weekend. We'll be driving to ACO on my birthday to stream the Atlantic City Open, a Frontline nice. East Coast event, which we're super excited about. And it, what, what's, your, what's that face for? I was looking at LVOIS.com. I'm currently ranked. 60th with whoa look at this seven point no 8.19 points dude yeah you crush that by every (laughs) tournament like i don't know if that buy is ever going to qualify at this point but (laughs) but um oh shoot what was i sorry i just got excited there and uh, aco yeah aco we're super excited for it it has grown uh mcp is growing at frontline gaming events in each area um we're super excited to see that and super excited to continue to see that growth lvo tickets will be going on sale this saturday june 10th at 10 a.m pst so that's 1 p.m our time here in the east coast and everything in between make sure you're on there and you're using that code you're using that link 
It's in the show notes. It's in the description. It's on the website. It's on the Facebook. It's all over the place um, to get those tickets and make sure you get them because LVO is going to be bigger this year than ever before. ACO is going to be bigger this year than ever before. And we're super excited about the year in between now and LVO next year. Yep. Last and thing. then on the note for yeah. tickets, um, they have a very generous refund policy as far as like it's right there on the ticket and it'll say like um, how far out you can get a full refund. And it's usually like a month or two. But so if you're worried about getting leave or anything else as far as like family vacations and, you know, getting yeah. approved from your significant other, uh, grab your ticket. And if it doesn't work out, just refund it. It goes back into the pool. You know, we'll resell it. You so, effectively have also, five months to figure it out, kind of, which is like incredibly exactly. generous, incredibly generous. And there were a few great. people that luckily were able to snag tickets after the fact from people that couldn't go after we hit the no refund date. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a bunch of people who goes like, oh, I couldn't get my leave figured out until like a few months out because they don't even approve leave until right. then right. Uh, or three months out. You know, so there's a lot of those deadlines. So you can grab your ticket, you can refund it later. And then also Otis had a question of what's the minimum number of players needed. I'm assuming for a LVOIS event for a qualifier, uh, there actually is no minimum. I've had some that had like four or six players. Now, granted, the next year, those will probably only be a points event because I don't want um, limited qualifier spots to go to like people that only have a four person meta, but I still want them to be able to participate. Mm-hmm. And uh, but so, you know, any size, you know, if you've got four people to put together a tournament, like I can make it a points event. That's fine. I want to give people a reason to play, a reason to be involved. Um, you know, I don't want to be exclusionary at all. Which is, I mean, plays very well with MCP as a whole, right? Because yep. it's very inclu- or, uh, yeah, inclusive. Inclusive, yeah. yeah. I, I'm yeah. not good at wordsmithing sometimes, but... <laughs> Um, Good and word talking and even the competitive circuit that is the LVO qualifiers is still insanely inclusive. Like it's just it's really nice. They they shake hands very well. Um, and if you're con- interested in the next LVO uh, qualifier that we're going to be running, it's going to be at the Salt City GT. I know I'm saying it a lot, but we really want that event to be very, very good. So if you're in Syracuse, New York or anywhere around Syracuse, New York, make sure you tell your friends uh, it's actually somewhat close to Canada. I was talking to Leland um, from Aegis Brand Studios. Mm-hmm. It's only like two hours from him. It's as far away from Canada as it is from us, yeah. which is surprisingly obtainable. <laughs> like, um, so we really hope that event goes out very well. So please check out thesaltcitygt.com. Grab your tickets for that. Hotel block will be up on June 15th, which is my birthday. So what? if you're saying stuff for my birthday, be like, oh no, I need to get my hotel booked and my tickets for the Salt City GT. But Tyson, anytime we get to hang out or talk, like it's always so dope. <laughs> like I'm really glad you were able to uh, to come on. Well, this is the best because usually at an event, we're always so so busy. You see like, hi, here's a hug, <laughs> yeah. bye. I'm like, oh, we <laughs> I got to go do this thing. We got to figure out dinner. It's like, ah, we have like two more hours before close down. And it's like, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 always a lot at a convention. But um, it's always super so great to see those 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 people. But yeah, guys, thank you so much. Uh, huge shout out to uh, the subs tonight in chat as well. Guys, we really appreciate that. Anyone that helps support us at patreon.com slash professional casual or right here on Twitch with subs and likes and bits redemptions. Uh, we absolutely uh, uh, rely on that. So thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate so it. 
Um, and in addition to that, make sure when you're buying stuff from Frontline Gaming, as an affiliate uh, with Frontline Gaming, we, they sponsor the network and uh, this particular show and stream. So please make sure to use that link. It is all over the place. Um, and when you get your tickets for LVO, ACO, Lone Star Open, Bay Area Open next year, um, the cruises or, or anything else that you're using that link to help us make sure that we can be there to provide the coverage. So if you can't go, you can still get a little bit of that LVO or uh, frontline gaming experience uh, in the comfort of your own, own home. Uh, thank you again, Tyson, for being on. And thank you, Dan, for, you know, just, you know, being you. I'm here. That's true. <laughs> All right, guys, this we'll see blast. you next week. Make sure to check out professionalcasual.com. We have uh, blogs for MCP, learning how to paint, learning how to play, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. We have TTRPGs. Uh, actual oh, we play. forgot something. Yes. What? Finish your thing first. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we do Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast uh, called the Lost Omens podcast. There's additional podcasts on the Patreon as well. Um, we do Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. The podcast is called The Grim Podcast of Perilous Adventure. Uh, and we stream every single day right here on this Twitch. Taylor does a hobby hangout on Mondays. He just had Dallas Kemp on. Painting was some Shatterpoint together. It really was. Ooh. Some of the conversations they had, and that's the really cool thing I like about the hobby hangout. It is very casual. It's something to put on and chat while you're getting your own sprue backlog done. stuff. Right? Um, and just with Taylor talking to Dallas about like what motivated him, one of the things that I find very interesting is how people get motivated to hobby and why they do it. And Dallas talking about like, he didn't have a local game store. So you just go, you'd crash someone else's game night at their house. You'd see the conversion that they did. And you're like, well, that makes me want to do better. I'm going to outdo them. And like this, that's kind of stuff. Like I just, I find so insanely interesting. Um, but that was super great. Tuesday through Friday, I stream right here, three to at least six, sometimes later. Uh, we're going to have a streamathon. On Wednesday, once again, I don't think I've said Ooh. enough yet, but for my birthday, we're going to do a streamathon. Effectively, every uh, sound redemption, every sub, anything that comes in extends the time that I have to be on. Uh, last time we did it, it went on two days. Uh, I think it was a total of like 20 something hours and I Long still have four hours. hours to figure out where to do so. Oh, right. You, you still had time to make up there. So uh, June 14th this next Wednesday. We'll be doing that. You get to spin a wheel. It, you can change the game. There's actually a bunch of rad, super cool stuff. People Wait, why are you doing a streamathon next Wednesday? Because it's my birthday. What? <laughs> um, but yeah, so so gaming streams right now. It's Diablo. We've been doing the cycle, some Blood Bowl. We have a Blood Bowl League on the Discord. Make sure to join that. All that other good stuff. All right, Tyson, what are you sending us off with? The, the thing I forgot is this year we'll have, so one of the productive things from uh, Adepticon is we will have um, Atomic Mass Games support. Oh, yeah. This oh, year nice. Right? Which is like so, awesome. Those guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they've, they're finally staffed up and they have um, support staff going. And so we should have, I can't talk about exactly what it is all right now, but we should have a giant old pile of stuff to give away and cool, um, cool exclusive stuff probably too. And Heck, so yes. look forward to those announcements as we get closer and I have, and I'm uh, let go to talk about things. Uh, and that's, that's uh, awesome. and when that happens, we'll have to have you back on too, because um, just knowing that AMG is been like, you know, all right, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's get in. They have the, the staff now. They have the community managers and shout out to AMG for really doubling down on being present in the community. I love and, it. And doing a lot of background work to make sure that 
local events, game stores, conventions and stuff are going to have some really cool stuff kind of coming down the line is just doper meh gopers. Good people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. That's all I got. But all right. I'm done now. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you. I'll be here tomorrow, probably doing some Diablo. If you want to kill some demons along with me, guess what? Tomorrow's the time. And until then, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you. On Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the Power Phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolfwarp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder second edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild, our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.